Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Go with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, as we shared before in this God Spectrum series, it's a tag team series with myself and Minister AJ and Minister Reggie, and we're walking through the gifts of the Spirit, the Romans 12 grace gifts, as well as the fruit of the Spirit, so we can have a full picture of how God wants us to be the light of the world in this day. The King James says it this way, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The New Living Translation says it this way, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp, then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. As I'm reading the scripture, it reminds me of a road trip that I took, wow, it might be about 11 years ago. And so maybe 10, 11 years ago, my wife and some friends of ours, we were driving, we lived in Texas at this time, and we were driving from, te- from Austin, Texas to San Diego, California. And it takes a good about eight hours just to get out of the state of Texas alone. And so we were driving in shift, and Raquel and I drove the first shift, and then our friends drove the next shift, and I don't know what happened while they were driving because we woke up and we were pulled over on the side of the road. And I'm like, what did y'all do? Because there's two cars pulled over and a cop car far behind us. I said, now for us to trip and call y'all Bonnie and Clyde because I'm not sure how you got pulled over in the middle of a desert. But we kept driving through the desert, went to the Grand Canyon, saw that kept going, and by this time it was night again. It was dark, 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 but all of a sudden, there was light. We pulled up to Las Vegas, and once you pulled up to Las Vegas, there may be spiritual darkness, but there's no physical darkness. There's light everywhere. In the middle of a dark spot, here is a city that cannot be hid. There is light, brilliant light going everywhere. In the same way, in the middle of a dark world, we are called to be light. We're supposed to be so brilliantly lit that it should be easier to hide the lights of Las Vegas than to hide your light. You have to think that in a time like this, this is why you exist, to be the light of the world. I really like how the message version puts the last verse Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you on there, there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. There are God colors we're supposed to display. 
And the thing is, we're all not going to look the same. God loves diversity. So one of the things people have heard me share over the last couple months is that culture is not supposed to die at the foot of the cross. Culture is supposed to be submitted at the foot of the cross. So God can use that culture and shine his brilliant light through it. In the same way, we all have individual personalities. And God wants to use our personalities and shine his light through it. So people can see, because some people will receive the light that shines through you more than they will receive it from me. Because they recognize the reflection and the color of the light that flows from you. So we all have our individual responsibility to be the light wherever we go. Even in times like this where people are tense, saying a whole bunch of things that are crazy and out-of-pocketed and bigoted, people getting fights in grocery stores, a whole bunch of things are going on. It's time for us to be the light. You can be in a grocery store, and you can see the enemies turning up, but you still got authority. You don't have to take off your mask. You just say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Sit down and keep moving. Be the light. As I shared the story with you before, one of the times, and it was, we were in downtown Austin, and it was late, and so we were walking by, and across the street, a fight was beginning. And, you know, it didn't have any business to do with me, so I'm not going over to see what's going on. But because it's so close, I understand somebody could pull something out. And if someone pulls something out, I could get hurt. And so now this is crossed over to my realm of authority. And so what I do, they didn't hear me. I'm across the street. They're loud. I rebuked it in the name of Jesus. And you know what happened? It stopped. And I turned the corner, and it started again. So well, why did it start again? I left. My jurisdiction goes with me. I can't control what they do every day, but I can stop them from being crazy around me. Be the light of the world. Use your authority. Teach your kids to use their authority. One of the things I was talking to my four-year-old a couple weeks ago, she had a bad dream during the night. I said, hey, anytime you have a bad dream, remember, even in the midst of the dream, you can stop it. That if you say in the name of Jesus, the dream has to change. Train your kids to use their authority that there's power in the name of Jesus. Yes, we believe in medical science. Yes, we believe in following the doctor's advice and doing all the healthy things. But also teach your kids to lay hands on themselves and say, I call my body well in Jesus' name. We were doing it last night with our daughters and, you know, even our, she's about to be two, but our one-year-old was repeating, I call my body well in Jesus' name. Why? You're training them to use faith before they fully understand it. You know, one of the ways I have them finish praying at night, because we know we pray over sweet sleep, we say we take it, we have it, and we thank you for it. And so I ask her, well, why do we say we take it? She says, because God gave it to us. Why do we say we have it? Because God gave it to us. Why do we say we thank you for it? Because God gave it to us. I said, what's that called? Faith. What? You're training them to be the light, to use their faith. But then also, you got to watch to make sure you don't speak unbelief around them. Because they say, well, mommy, daddy, don't we believe that God can provide? And then watch them use their faith and bring it in. And then, you know, man, that wasn't my faith at all. That was theirs. So we have to, as families, grow in being the light. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8.
which is so clearly put here. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Live as people of light. The Amplified Version says it this way. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born to the light. Native born to the light. It's what you're most familiar with. So we shouldn't copy the people of darkness. We shouldn't follow their lead. We should lead. And as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are the light of the world. We are the standard bearers. And so the thing is, you've heard me say it before, and I got it from Dr. Bill Winston, we didn't come to take sides. We've come to take over. We're the light of the world. So we'll stand for issues, and some people say, oh, they're on the right. But the next day they say, oh, they're on the left. No, we're the church. We're here for righteousness and justice. We're here to be the light of the world, and it's time out for the church for being silent. A silent church is complicit. We have to be the light of the world. We have to stand up. We have to pursue justice and reconciliation. We have to pursue wisdom and the healing power of God. It's not either or, it's both. Why? We're the light of the world. And we'll do that as we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and the Romans 12 grace gifts. So now I'm going to hand it over to Minister AJ. Go ahead and welcome her as she comes. Of course, I'm always excited about the word. Glory to God. All righty. We are continuing. I'm going to pick up actually right where Pastor left off. And he was talking about us being the light and this being a lifestyle. So when you look at the fruit of the Spirit, I want you to think about the fruit of the Spirit just like you would natural fruit. Natural fruit provides nourishment. It's a, it should be a, should be, I sh let me say that again, should be a daily part of your life. It helps your physical body to grow, to be strong, to maintain health. So when you think about the fruit of the Spirit, it is the same thing. It is what allows your spirit man to be healthy and to, to walk in the fullness that God has for you. So when you think about the fruit of the Spirit, now we look last week at the fruit of the Spirit. It's found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Can someone tell me what was the first fruit that we learned last week? Or just in general, what's the first fruit of the Spirit? Love. Excellent. Wake up, everybody. I can't, I can't let you be quiet. You're gonna, I need you to talk back with me. So the first fruit of the Spirit we learned about last week is love. Today we're talking about joy. Now I'm going to be adventurous, and perhaps I will award you with this beautiful, clear crystal bottle of water. Can somebody tell me what Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says? Come on, Bible scholars. The joy... Excellent, Miss Gwen. I'll give you your water after service. All right, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we're talking about joy, I thought it was interesting that when you read in the Old Testament, it said the joy of the Lord is my strength. So when you start studying or looking at the joy of the Lord or looking at joy, the fruit of the Spirit, one of the things to keep in your mind is that it gives you strength. 
So when you think about the power of God, joy is a power of God that gives you strength. Well, what do you need that strength for? I'm so glad you asked. See, before we get there, I want to contrast joy and happiness because sometimes people interchange the two and they're really not. So an example of joy would be, Priya, do me a favor. Look in my purse, darling. I left my other balloon or is he in my pocket? Let me see. So I've got three little friends here. Look in the front pocket of my purse. I've got two little friends right here. And this one looks pretty, pretty, pretty decent. Little, little smiley face, okay? Unzip the big zipper, Priya. Little smiley face. So this person right here, they're happy, but here's a problem. What happens when they don't get their way? They're not so happy anymore. And then you have this person over here where they're like, and I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love. You know, they're just bouncing along. But the problem is their happiness, unfortunately, I need the balloon. Yeah, the balloon, not the scissors, the balloon for you. They're not so happy, or they're happy as long as things are going their way. But here's a problem. As soon as challenges come, what happens? Their happiness is gone. And see, you've got to make sure that as a believer, you're not like either one of these. You're up as long as things are going well. Guys, don't worry about it. You're up as long as things are going well, but then when an attack comes your way, you fizzle out. In other words, you have no endurance. So when you're learning about joy, joy is a strength that keeps you strong no matter what happens. See, joy is here. It's a fruit that God put on the inside of your spirit, and it doesn't matter what arrow the enemy sends your way, joy stays afloat. Happiness is temporary. Happiness is based on your circumstance. Joy is a strength in your spirit that God placed there to keep you constant, to keep you energized, to keep you moving, to keep you succeeding regardless of what the enemy sends your way. Now I want to give you an example of that and you'll find it here in Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation. We're looking at the Apostle Paul because Paul learned a very valuable lesson. Quickly turn there, Philippians chapter 4. And I saw something as I was reading through this that I really hadn't seen it this way before. Philippians chapter 4, we're reading at verse 10, and it says, I'm reading again from the New Living Translation. It says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, whether or with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Did you ever notice that that word strength, could it be the same word that we find in Nehemiah 8.10? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Now we know that when we talk about Christ, we're talking about the anointed one and his anointing, but then it says who gives me strength. 
there, Paul was talking about a power that he had on the inside that helped him to endure every challenge that he faced. And so what Paul said, you'll notice he said, I know how to live on almost nothing. It's almost like when you're hungry and there's nothing in there. Now, I don't know about you, but when somebody comes in with, with, with McDonald's, my nose perks up. It's like, <sighs> but if they come in with a bag of McDonald's and it's empty, oh, man. Paul said, I've learned how to live with almost nothing. It's like, you know, when you go in your pocket and all you can pull out is coins. I've learned that whether I have a little bit or I have a lot of bit. Paul said, I've learned the secret of how to live. I've learned the secret of how to thrive. So whether I am well-fed, a full box, or just have a tiny bit, Paul said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Paul learned how to operate in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is what gives you strength to endure. It helps you to remain calm. So it doesn't matter whether somebody says nice things to you or they treat you nice. The joy of the Lord helps you to continue. So day in, day out, week in, week out, it doesn't matter what happens out here I have a power on the inside why can I keep a smile on my face because just like we, we we sang earlier father God can do all things he will never fail so if I know father God never fails if I know that I always win then I can walk around just like this balloon over here it doesn't matter whether you can see my victory my victory is guaranteed father God promised it in his word and because he never lies then I know just like this little balloon over here wherever I go there's victory wherever I go there's strength it doesn't matter what arrow the enemy fires at me I always win I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to be moved by my emotions. I'm not going to look at what I see and how bad it appears to be right now. Father God promised to give me victory. I choose joy. Amen. Joy is a choice. It is in your spirit now. It's never going anywhere. Now you have a choice. When you read further through Philippians, Paul encouraged the Philippian church to make sure your joy is full. That's your responsibility. God put it in there. You have to stir yourself up in the word to make sure your joy stays full. Don't be like this guy. He seemed happy. Or even this guy. Don't be these two. See yourself like that one. Always staying afloat. Amen? All right. Come on up, Minister Reggie. It's always such a pleasure and pressure going after Minister AJ. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. I'm sorry I don't have props for you all. Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 6. I get right to it. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Also out of the NLT. 
In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. We talked about that last Sunday. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage, be encouraging. If your gift is giving, give generously. If God gives you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness, do it gladly. But this particular time, I would like to focus on the first part of verse 7. If your gifts is serving others, serve them well. I had every intention coming up here, grabbing Mr. AJ's bag of McDonald's and doing an exegetical study of them versus Chick-fil-A. I was going to talk about the amazing service that we all the time get at Chick-fil-A, and I'm going to stop right there. But as I was sitting there, I, um, God took me a little bit deeper. Uh, that word for service is diakonia, D-I-A-K-O-N-I-A in the English. This particular word is where we get our root word for deacons. Now, this particular text also, it talks about a person who serves tables. So in actual context, Acts chapter 6, you actually see the apostles sitting there, look, these people need to get fed because there was strife going on and the people were like, hey, these people of the Jewish people are getting more than the non-Jewish people are. And so the, the apostles said, look, it's not for us to actually do. I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to stay holy. And let's get some other people who will serve the tables. That is literally the point blank foundation of this particular work. But in this particular context, it's talking about doing so in, let's say, a Michelin-rated restaurant. I like one of them high-quality restaurants. As soon as you walk in there, you feel like you are something. To where it's like you walk in there, they are dressed down, suit and tie, uh, 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 uh. And then once they bring you the food, it is on this platter. They pull out the chair for you, and they watch every single thing you do. As soon as you take a sip of water, they bring you your other cup because they're watching you. And the service is so cool, it's so tight, you can't wait to get back because the experience is such life changing. You like, you wanna tell everybody about your experience at this restaurant. Now, in context, Paul is saying, as believers, this should define us everywhere we have the opportunity to serve. So, whether or not you are somebody who has the pleasure, and I want to give props to everybody who serves inside of this house. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Whether or not you serve inside of here on Sundays, Wednesday, whether you are behind the scenes, thank you so much. But it doesn't stop here. So whether you are a Christian who serves at McDonald's, who's the owner, the teacher, the nurse, the doctor. Your service should be one that is such where people are like, whatever they got, I want more of that. And also, it, it is an easy way to move up faster. Bitter people do not move up. Only people that get better move up. So as I thought about this, I'm like, okay, God, what's up? Where are you trying to go? 
Uh, he led me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, and I'm going to wrap up with Luke chapter 17. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to grows up to in trouble, um, grows up to trouble you corrupting many. So we're talking about the grace gifts. We talk about gifts of service as empowered by the Holy Spirit. So I was thinking about, okay, why do so few people either A, serve, I'm going to stay looking for it, they either A, serve, or B, if they do serve, it's almost a burden. Because in context, that's being, it's a voluntary thing. Something that we happy to do. Like, I'm happy to see all of you all. So then I thought about it, the root of bitterness. Bitterness is quite simply, you have an unmet need or expectation. And so because it was unmet or this experience hurts you so bad, what happened is inside of our hearts, we naturally reacted like humans do. But if that seed, if that root, if that experience isn't properly dealt with, then what happened is it comes out in our expression to other people. Like for instance, Every time I see Brother Eric, he's always smiling, even up under that mask. What if we walked in and saw Brother Eric not smiling? One time, okay, fine, you know, maybe he's not feeling well today. Then twice. Then the third time. And then he tried to smile, but you can tell by the way it came off, it was forced. Am I the only one that actually knows him? Do we know Brother Eric? I mean, we will all have questions like, what's up with him? Now, watch this. Because he's one of the first faces we all see, if we did not know him, we would judge the character of this church based off actually with him. As Christians, we get the pleasure of doing the same thing for God to the world. No matter where they meet us at, if that person knows or senses by the Holy Spirit that you are led of the Holy Spirit, then they're going to say, okay, your God is. So Luke chapter 17, I'm going to wrap up. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, Matthew, Mark, Luke 17, verse 3. So watch yourselves. Now, we live in a world. You will have experience. We do. Bible says, watch yourselves. Before we respond, before we speak, especially before we act, pause. Go to God first. With your frustrations, with your disappointments, with your, you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank with whatever emotions that you have the opportunity to act out in. Watch yourselves. And then once you have reconciled that with God first, with that other person, if you are able to, first, then go back and serve well. Because a lot of people are hurting. And instead of hurting people, bringing healing, hurting people, it doesn't stop just because you are saved. It doesn't stop just because you've seen a great praise and worship experience. You only heal if you take what's in you to the presence of God and you deal with it there first. And then from that place, 
you flow out and do what God instructs you to do with that. Whether it's talk, whether it's do, whether it's give, you fill in the blank, whatever God tells you to do. And then we're able to serve with excellence. I thank you very much. You all have a blessed day. Amen. Really good stuff, both of you. Great stuff. I was thinking, say, man, they're both doing so good. I need to take a vacation. Y'all have at it. <laughs> good stuff. And so people who will be watching this later on the Faith Plus app, one of the things you see when Minister AJ, Minister Reggie, Minister, this is the quality of ministry your children, your teenagers receive on a daily and weekly basis. And so they're doing a tremendous job. And so I tell them that, but I also want everybody watching to know this is the type of quality ministry. They don't just, you know, watch your kids and say, well, give you a break for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. They actually pour the word of God into them. And so this is what happens when your kids go to kids or your youth go to faith revolution. And so when your kids want to bring other kids, encourage them to do so. You want to watch the Kids World broadcast, encourage them to do so. When they have the Faith Revolution Zoom meeting, encourage them to do so. Amen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. So we've talked about grace, gifts, and fruit of the Spirit, and now we're going to talk more about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, one of the things about the grace, gifts, and the fruit of the Spirit, they can be used by you whenever you want to. You don't have to have a leading of God to operate in love. You already have a command. You don't need to have a leading of God to operate in joy. You already have a command. So that's on you. Same thing with your grace gifts. These are abilities God has given you that at any time you can use them to encourage, to serve. And as Minister Reggie goes through, you'll see all the rest of them. You can do them at any time. Now, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, as we talked about last week, they operate as the Holy Spirit wants them to. And so that's based off of His will. The other two categories, your will, gifts of the Spirit, His will. But as we said before, you can always set it up to a place where you have to understand, even though they only operate by his will, he's very willing. He's more willing than we are. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, and we'll show you how you get to a place where you can operate more freely in the gifts of the Spirit. Because the gifts of the Spirit aren't just for the sanctuary. I mean, they're good to operate in the sanctuary. And there's certain giftings and moves of God that are more reserved for when the people of God get together. But the gifts of the Spirit as a whole are supposed to operate in your everyday life. And so when you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, the King James says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, yet show I unto you a more excellent way. The New Living Translation says, So should you earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Amplified Classic says, but earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces, the highest gifts, the higher gifts, and the choicest graces. And yet I show you a still more excellent way, one that is better by far and the highest of them all, love. So first, you have to ask the question, what is the best gift? What is the best gift? Because if you can identify the best gift, then you can fulfill the scripture by going after the best gift. And so people can get into great philosophical and theological debates out of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Which one is the best gift? And some people say, oh, the word of wisdom is the best gift. No, 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 the working of miracles is the best gift. No, no, prophecy. And they can go back and forth. But I submit to you this. Let's say you're in a situation and you need the gift of healings to work, and all you have is a tongue. Or what if something you're in a situation and you needed a word of knowledge, but all you had was 
the working of miracles. So the best gift is not one of the nine, it's the one you need at the moment. The best gift is the one you need at the moment. And so you pursue the one you need at the moment, and most of us know how our lives operate to the extent that we know what gifts we need to operate on a regular basis in our lives because of what we encounter, what work we do, what career we're called into, how we operate in our neighborhoods, those different things. And so what you know that as you stand before God says, Father, I'm desiring for these gifts to operate in my life as you see fit. Now, one of the things for, uh, I will see it in my life here and there, but when I became pastor of this church and went to another level was concerning the gifts of healing. That one of the ways he wanted to operate was he wanted people to get healed before we laid hands on them. And that's what we saw happen a lot, that the word of knowledge would operate and the gifts of healing would flow. And most of the time, the people who got healed were first-time guests. That's just how it happened. And to the point that I heard the praise team later, they had, you know, they were saying, watch that. They don't even go here. I'm sure this is their first time. They had been. So over 50% of the people were people who didn't go here. And since I know that's something he wanted to do, I had to set my faith for it. Because it's something that he's willing to do and how he seeks to operate. And so once you know, get the mind of God on it and know what you need, you set your faith to operate at that gift and go at a higher level. But the way you do that is you covet it or you earnestly desire it or you crave it. You have to go after it. It can't be, oh, it would be nice to operate in a gift. Well, you won't operate that much. But if you desire and go after it, you will. And so one of the reasons that I've always been hungry for the move of the Spirit. You know, I'm actually writing a process of a book about how to flow in the Holy Ghost. And I was planning to write it over the last couple of months. I just need to actually stop, start on it. But in operating, I think back to some of my earliest times of encountering the move of the Spirit of God. I remember how it was we were in the old Fayetteville building. And this is when we had a Sunday night service, like an outreach meeting. Bishop wasn't there. No one, Bishop, he could have been in whatever state or country preaching at the moment. But Minister Lance Dossie was preaching. And he was known for flowing in the Holy Ghost. At this time, I think I'm seven or eight. My dad's the music minister, and I'm just, you know, sitting on one of the pews. You know, this is, we had pews, like real pews, not chairs, not comfy chairs, with a 22, 24-inch seats. No, 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 pews. And so there was no children's ministry. It was children's church back then. And so I'm just sitting there watching the man of God flow in the Holy Ghost. And I was just watching him. Because the thing is, when you're on fire for God, people will come and watch you burn. When you're the light of the world, people will look at you. And so I watched him flow. And it was, I remember it was him and Sister Wendy, and I'm sure it was a few hostesses with them. And I think my, one of the prayer texts were walking, because it was a group of people walking the room as he prayed. And he laid his hands on me. And I remember I encountered the power of God. And so I didn't fall out, but I didn't really, you know, I'm seven or eight. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm sensing the presence of God. And so I was like, well, let me just sit back. And so I did. And so I don't know if it was Monday night later that week. Conversation came up at the family dinner table. and said, well, tell us what happened. And I was like, I couldn't really understand it. I was like, well, I didn't fall, but I sat back. I sensed the presence of God. And at the table that week, we talked about referencing the Holy Ghost. And so one of the things I look back, even when I was seven or eight, there was a hunger for it. It would always catch my attention. I remember different times when the Holy Ghost would move through Children's Church. I remember different times we were in College Park then. I remember when it was the minister's conference and people got so full of the Holy Ghost, Bishop couldn't talk. Like he was standing here and couldn't talk. And so he called up Pastor Andre 
Pastor Andre touched the pulpit and fell out. He kept calling other people, and they kept falling out. At that point, I was like, no one's like, nope, nope, nope. We <laughs> you stay up there by yourself, Bishop. And the Holy Ghost fell in such a way. People were drunk in the Spirit in such a way. Church was dismissed, and people were still in the sanctuary laughing. I remember people were making up rap songs and chants in the Spirit. It was just interesting to see. By this point, I'm 11 and 12, walking around. I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. I remember one of the guys who lived not too far from my neighborhood. Church is over, and he's walking around the church, gone full of the Holy Ghost. And what I'm doing, I want that. Then I encountered the ministry of Tim's story. And the first time I encountered it, I wasn't there. I was watching a video at Bishop's house. So I think it was after Thanksgiving, you know how, you know, you go to out of town for a family meal, you go to one relative's house one of the days of the week. And so a lot of the family was there and they said, no, you guys have to watch this video. And I watched that hour and a half, two hours as the Holy Ghost moved through that man. And I just kept watching and watching and watching. Eventually, I started getting his videos, and I kept watching. I remember when he spoke at convention in 2002, and I kept watching and watching. And then he said, if you want to flow in the Holy Ghost, you need to study the generals who flowed. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So I started studying Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hagin and Catherine Kuhlman and Amy Simple McPherson and Jack Coe and A.A. A. Allen and Mariah Woodworth Etter. I started watching and reading again the hungers there. The hunger's there. Where I'm going? I'm going after the Holy Ghost. Through the people he's used, I'm studying, I'm watching. And then I start noticing he uses me to do the same things. And so I'll step up in places because I've always desired this. I remember I was praying in high school. I was supposed to speak at the chapel. I went to a Christian school. And originally it looked like I was praying. So I was praying, I said, God, if anything needs to happen, I need your power. I need your power to move. And then he made me a promise. As a sophomore in high school, anytime you get up to minister, my power will be present. And so I st today I still stand on promises he made to me as a high schooler. And so there are times I'll get up and God just move and do stuff. He promised me. Why did he promise me? I was hungry. It's not just for me and some sovereign gifting, and there are sovereign giftings there, but it's a desire. If you want to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, you've got to be hungry for it. You have to go after it. It's not just, well, God, yeah, use me whenever you want to. No, God, I want you to use me. I need you to use me. I won't be satisfied until you use me. Use me, use me up, fill me up, and use me again. I need you to use me. If you go after like that, he'll use you. Because now you're in a place where you're willing to yield and put your flesh under so the Holy Ghost can have his way. And the thing is, you don't make it spooky. You don't make it deep. You actually don't have to fast all day. Now, Lord leads you to fast, go ahead. But what do you do? You just yield to him. And once you yield, you understand there's a prompting. A lot of people think of the Holy Ghost using him. He's going to come up and grab you and shake you and make you speak on his behalf. That's not how he operates. He's a gentleman. A lot of people miss the move of the Holy Ghost because they don't pay attention to the inside. I remember when I was traveling with Bishop, I went with Bishop. He took me and Reverend Dexter Sullivan to Dad Hagen's last camp meeting. At the time, we didn't know it was his last camp meeting. You know, most people thought Dad Hagen was going to live until Jesus came back. And so we're there. We got to meet Brother Hagen and everything. And, you know, I love these times because I could just ask Bishop whatever question I wanted. And I think it was either this trip or following, I started asking about how the gifts operate, especially concerning tongues and interpretation of tongues. And he says, everything operates by faith. He says, usually God's not going to give you the whole message in advance. 
he'll give you a couple words. And you have to step out in faith and believe he'll back you up. That's what the prompting of the gifts of the Spirit are, all nine gifts. You'll be prompted to operate in it. But you have to take the step of faith to operate in it. Because if you don't take the step of faith, remember, God operates by faith. You won't see a manifestation of his power. You know, studying people like R.W. Schombach and A. Allen and Smith Wigglesworth, you know, how they prayed for people was, you know, kind of rough. You know, they were kind of rough with people when they prayed. Someone's like, Smith, why do you get so rough with people? It's like, oh, I'm getting rough with the devil. The people just get in the way. I'm like, well, well praise God on that one. I remember I was sitting at a staff meeting with Bishop in Texas, and he was teaching on the gifts of healing and the gifts of the Spirit. And then he made a phrase because he was talking about how A. Allen and others, you know, they punched people and they got healed. And then he said, if you punch somebody in one of my churches, you better get it right. And he looked at me. I'm like, why, why, why are you looking at me? And I looked around the table and said, yeah, it probably would be me who would try to pull it off. I didn't think about that for years until the time I did. A couple years ago, we were doing a healing line for arthritis. And I'm praying for people, and an older gentleman comes up. He has arthritis in his back. I'm usually not rough with people when I pray. But all of a sudden, I saw myself punch the dude in his back. I'm like, Carrick, what are you doing? You do not punch old people in the back, especially if they have arthritis. And then he got healed. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it was faith. In the moment, you know, it's faith. Sometimes you can act for faith, and your head is going, you have lost your mind. But remember, faith is of the heart, not of the head. And so someone asked, I think it was A. Allen or R.W. Schoenbach, they says, well, what would you do if it didn't work? They said, you know, I haven't even considered that. They just operated by faith. Every gift is going to take your faith. You have to follow the prompting. Every gift of the Spirit is going to take your faith. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. Your faith will open you up to yield, and then he can flow through you. So as I close this segment of it, let's talk about the word of wisdom. We talked about the word of knowledge last week, which is a part of God's knowledge and information concerning the past and the present. We see it operate throughout the Old and the New Testament. We talked about how it can manifest in different vehicles, how sometimes a word of knowledge can come through a word of prophecy. A word of knowledge can come through a vision or a dream. A word of knowledge can come through the ministry of angels. They can bring a word of knowledge to you. Now, the word of wisdom is a word, like we said, a word versus a sentence. It's a like part of a sentence. So it's a part of God's plan and purpose concerning the future. It's a part of God's plan and purpose into the future. You get into the mind of God concerning what the future is. Now, we see it operate a lot when it comes to our New Year's experiences. You know, a lot of times, if you watch how the Holy Ghost uses us as a church, Sometime around October, November, the Lord starts dealing with us about stuff. We'll begin to preach on things concerning the year. And then you'll see operate through Bishop on the New Year's Eve experience, and he'll begin to minister things the Holy Ghost said to him. It is a word of wisdom broken down into a message. Other times, the word of wisdom can be very specific for people. I know there are different words of wisdom spoken over my life, very specific, and I've watched some come to pass. But the word of wisdom deals with God's plan and purpose concerning the future. Now, one thing I do want to caution people, and not so much the people in this room, but some people who will watch later, is that be careful what meetings you go to. Some people only go to meetings to get a word, not like a word, someone teaching the word. They want someone to prophesy over their life. Now, while prophesying over your life is not bad and prophets are real, 
But you have to understand, you don't go after that because you don't, some people go after that because they don't spend enough time in prayer themselves. And so they look for people who operate in prophetic parlor tricks, as I like to call them. And they pimp the gift for the sake of the offering. You have to make sure that you're pursuing God, pursuing his word. Because sadly, some people, I remember the story of Dad Hagen. I'll tell the story. I think Jim Hockaday told me the story. That they were at Dad Hagen's house. Jim Hockaday and others were there, and Brother Hagen was just chilling, flipping channels. And then, you know, they fell on some Christian network or Christian program, and this guy was preaching, and Dad Hagen was like, man, he's preaching good. Go ahead, praise God, he's preaching. Praise God, he's preaching. Glory to God. And so, you know, everybody around, if you're in the room with Dad Hagen, you're going to be watching him, learning from him. Then all of a sudden, Dad Hagen began to go, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he began to weep, and he began to cry. And he says, that man doesn't understand that at one moment he was operating by the Holy Ghost, and the next moment a familiar spirit. And sadly, what happens when people just go to meet because they just want someone to speak over their life so they can skip the process that God wants to take them through? so they can skip obeying the word and skip praying to the Holy Ghost, skip being before God. They open themselves up to men and women who may have good intentions, not judging anybody's intentions, but they don't always operate by the Holy Ghost. They operate by familiar spirits. And the thing is, if people don't check their spirit, they'll be deceived. And here's the powerful thing about deception. You don't even know you're wrong. You'll believe a lie and don't even know you're wrong. So that's why you're always led by, the, you judge everything by the word of God. And you check with your spirit. You might say, well, I have words spoken over me and I, they haven't come to pass yet. Well, you take them before God. Some things are still before the future. And some things the person could have missed it. Doesn't mean they spoke by a familiar spirit. They could just be wrong. You know, we all can miss it, right? They could be well-meaning and missed it. Other things could be from the enemy, but you take it before God. You take that word of wisdom and say, God, this applies to my life. So now I'm going to set my faith to it and pray it out. Like the word of wisdom for our lives in 2020, well, this is going to be a year of transformation and restoration. So that is the prophetic word of the Lord. But our job is to grab it by faith and pray it out. So one of the things I was doing yesterday, I was praying out the word, Father, you said this is the year of transformation. And so, Father, I thank you for the transformation I received in my life as an individual, what I've seen in my family, what I've seen in my church. And, Father, I believe for more. What I'm doing, I'm praying through the process. And then I'll get to the place, okay, Father, I think this is the year of restoration. I thank you. We've seen some, but we're going to see more. I believe I'll see more in the last half of the year than I saw in the first half. What I'm doing, I'm taking the word and praying it out. It's not just good for the word to be spoken. You have a responsibility to grab it with your faith and to pray it out. So the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom are two of the revelation gifts. And as we said, the revelation gifts are gifts that reveal something. The three categories of the nine gifts of the Spirit, the revelation gifts, the gifts that reveal something, the power gifts, the gifts that do something, and the utterance gifts or the inspirational gifts, the gifts that say something. All nine gifts are operating in the church today. All of them are supernatural, and all of them are by the Holy Spirit wills. But you can hunger after the things of God and put yourself in a position for God to use you. Seven of the nine gifts have place 
in the outside world. Two of the gifts are mainly for the gathering of believers, which is tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's for the gathering of believers. You know, you really don't need a tongue in the middle of Walmart. But you know what helped you in the middle of Walmart? A word of knowledge. Operating and working of miracles. Sometimes discerning the spirits, praise the Lord. <laughs> but if you live open and you desire the Holy Ghost, he'll use you. And you don't have to be spooky to be used by God. The Holy Ghost is not spooky. Spooky people make the Holy Ghost seem spooky. The Holy Ghost will speak through your personality, shine through you, and bring out the God colors in this world. He wants the gifts of the Spirit operate on a high level, and not just through apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but through every member of the body of Christ, every age group, every background. He wants to use you to shine his glory in this world. Amen? I'll cut it off here. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you desire to use us. I thank you for the gifts of the Holy Ghost. These precious gifts that you seek to and that you seek to that there be a oh that there be a new Minister AJ, Minister Reggie, you translate it for me. You interpret it for me. Rorobosa, beki, su, suto. And efru, egejeka, brosu, bonga, ah, ha, 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 It shall be a nun sovo vitrata in ko sevi. Either one of you to step out. And
<laughs> oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, this is our chance. So we take you up on the offer, Holy Ghost. We take you up on this opportunity to flow with you, to flow with you, to flow with you to higher heights, to ride with you to higher heights, to go up on this ride and go over here in the things of God. And yes, it shall be, yes, it shall be, yes, it shall soon come to pass that there shall be a mansitosi karibi and roshidanga hanitsi and also vorananiosi that it shall be a grosse balala mandoso rossi that flows from me. The places I've called you to go are higher than you know. The people that you will encounter need me more than you know. And you might say, why would God pick me? Oh, my child, I plan to use you before the foundation of the world. You bring joy to my heart. I made you in the way that you need to be so that I can shine glory through thee. So don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't think about your past. The blood has done away with that. Just flow with me. Ride with me. And I'll shine my light to the world. And all will know that the glory comes from me. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take God up on his offer. This chance to operate with him to flow with him. So expect it. Listen. And for teaching purposes, what we just saw was tongues and interpretation of tongues. As we'll get into in the series again for edification, our exhortation, and our comfort. But it wasn't some great move of the Spirit that grabbed me and says, you have to give a tongue right now. It was a gentle nudging on the inside as I was praying. Oh, there's a tongue that he wants to give. And so what I do, I yield it. I stop the prayer. And I yielded. When you go through your life, just stop and yield. You may be in the middle of doing something, just stop and yield. You may be in the middle of saying something, just stop and yield. You know, people think I'm weird, they already think you're weird. Just, just go with it. Just stop and yield. And God can use you. Amen. So Father, once again, we thank you. We thank you for your word and we thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you for your presence in this place, and we thank you for this opportunity, this chance to be used by you. We don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted. We thank you that you choose to use us. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Is there anyone in here not filled with the Holy Ghost and you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible evidence of speaking other tongues? If you haven't received that gift but you want to, just lift your hand. We'll pray with you today and you'll receive it. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
believe I've recognized anybody, everybody, but just in case, if you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, haven't made heaven your home, but you want to today, today is the day of salvation. And so if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, just lift your hand high where I can see it. I'll pray with and for you right now. Oh, amen. Well, let's stand to our feet and just worship just for a moment more. Come on, guys. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. You are merciful. You are mighty. You are strong. You are our God. And we love you. Thank you for meeting us here today. Thank you for even desiring, wanting to use us. Thank you for calling us to be the light of this world because the light of your glory shines through us. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Say, I call my body well. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I receive the healing power of God. My immune system is strengthened and made strong by the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Sickness, disease, pain, infirmity, and viruses have to leave me now, and they are warded off by the angels of God. I take divine healing. I take divine health because my God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals me and takes sickness away from the midst of me. Someone's neck was just healed. If you've been having neck issues, go ahead and move your neck. Go ahead and move your neck. You've been having neck issues. My sister over there, what did you do? What happened to your wrist? Yeah, a little burn. Check it out. How's that feel? How's that feel? Better? Go ahead and move it a little bit. Praise God. Glory to God. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. 
Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.